people. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is the third of eight beatitudes or statements that Jesus made as he was describing life and who is really, truly blessed in the kingdom of God. And I'll just do a little review real quick. The first is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You that are memorizing, it's okay to say it with me, all right? Second, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And then today, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So let's start with a question. When you hear that word meek, uh, what do you think of? Uh, what do you think people think of when they hear of someone who is meek? Shy, quiet. What did you say? Mousy, okay. Pansy, all right. Some of these kind of descriptors. Most people have a picture of a meek person as somebody who's timid or, or weak. Uh, someone who lacks assert- assertiveness and the picture that we have of a meek person isn't very flattering. And one has to wonder how this meek person that Jesus is talking about can possibly inherit the earth when the powerful can't seem to keep a good hold on their little corners of it. We have Korea testing nuclear weapons and threatening anyone who challenges their right to do so, and Putin showing off his new weaponry, right, and uh, showing videos of warheads headed for America. There's war in Syria, and ISIS and Boko Haram continue to uh, terrorize their areas, trying to expand their territory, and the list goes on and on. What, What a contrast to Jesus' words, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's just, it's just going to be given to them. And it feels like we're right back where we've been the last two weeks when Jesus says, blessed are the meek. But, uh, because this statement it, you know, is backwards and, and upside down from what we experience in the world around us. It's as backwards as blessed are the poor uh, in spirit and, and blessed are those who mourn. Just with the last, uh, as is true of the last two Beatitudes, it's really important to understand what Jesus meant by blessed are the meek. So that's where we're going to start today. William Barclay, uh, New Testament commentary, commentator, (laughs) commentary, he's not actually it, but calls meekness the most untranslatable of words. And uh, it's become even harder to translate and uh, communicate the meaning of it because it's evolved over the centuries. Uh, In the Middle Ages, this word was um, meant gentle or courteous or kind, which is kind of close to what the Bible says. But when you look it up today, you find something along this line. Um, Quiet, gentle, easily imposed on, submissive, deficient in spirit and courage. And some of the synonyms are compliant, tame, deferential, timid, and the like of that. Now, none of these are all that appealing in a culture that values assertiveness and strength and extroversion. Imagine listing meekness as a strength on your resume, right? Or, or you get that question in that interview for a job, and they say, okay, what are some of your strengths? And, 
well, I'm a really meek person. I don't think you would be invited to be on their team. But these definitions don't come close to the meaning of the word that's used in Scripture. In the Scripture, uh, there is nothing weak or timid or cowardly about meekness. And although we'll never, uh, we may not understand this side of heaven, all that Jesus meant about it, we can kind of get an indication of what he meant by looking at some of the people in Scripture that are that this word is used to describe, and by looking at the way it's used in the Scriptures. And one of those people is one of the most well-known persons in the Bible is Moses. Moses grew up in the court of Pharaoh. He was raised in the presence of the most, one of the most powerful individuals in the ancient world. He knew what strength looked like. And at one point, when he saw a fellow Hebrew being beaten by an Egyptian, he used his strength right, to beat and kill that Egyptian. Uh, that got him in trouble with Pharaoh, though. He ends up running for his life. He spends 40 years on the backside of the, the desert where he has lots of time to think about uh, where the use of his strength has gotten him. Then one day God appears to him in a burning bush. He calls him back to Egypt, and this time as a tool in his hand, being used for God's purposes. And, and Moses had a long history with God. He goes from being this reluctant servant begging God to you know, ask someone else, send somebody uh, someone else uh, to this bold leader who walked with God and led God's people. He's described as one who spoke with God face to face as a man speaks with a friend. And, but there's this other description of him in, in Numbers 12.3. It says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all men that were on the face of the earth. Some translations uh, say he was a very humble man. So that kind of gives us an indication of the meaning of the word meek. Um, but we also think, when you think of Moses' life story, it goes against the image of someone who's spineless or weak. Uh, just ask Aaron and those that were at the foot of the mountain when Moses came down and they'd made the idol, right, the golden calf. And uh, he smashes these stone tablets. What meek isn't uh, weak. It doesn't mean wimp. But then the second person described as meek in scripture was Jesus. And Jesus actually used this word to describe himself. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. And some translators translate that word meek as uh, gentle. Yeah, so they say Instead of meek and lowly, it says gentle and humble. So Jesus describes himself as meek, yet we see very clearly in Jesus' life that meek, meekness doesn't translate into weakness. To, to go to the cross with the courage that Jesus had, um, we, can, we know that it, there's nothing deficient in spirit or lacking in courage in Jesus' life. So, so what is meekness? Well, one um, way that meekness is described is strength under control. Strength under control. Moses went from using his strength in, the, in a bad way to, you, to putting his strength under God's control. For Christians, it's exercising God's strength under God's control. Now, most of us have seen a, a horse broken either in real life or on television. And um, praus, the Greek word that's used here for me, describes something that has been brought under control. 
like a horse uh, that's been broken and trained, uh, is now more useful to his master. He's also able to have a closer relationship with him or her. And that image provides us a good picture of this untranslatable word, meekness. A meek person is not weak, but it is someone who has taken their strength and put it under God's control. So since Jesus was meek, and he said that the meek shall inherit the earth, uh, how can we cultivate meekness in our lives? In your message notes, we're going to look at four ways to do that. Four ways to cultivate meekness. And the first is to be a student of Jesus' teaching. Jesus described himself as meek and lowly, and in this verse he invites us to take his yoke and upon us and to learn from him. And he's using yoke here as a metaphor for his teaching and his way of living. Uh, just like a yoke, you know, you're able to steer the oxen. Jesus invites us to allow his teaching to steer our lives. Uh, look with me again at Matthew eleven twenty nine, where Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. One of the best ways to cultivate meekness is to learn from the one who is truly meek, to study his word and to live in the way that he lived. And as you look at Jesus' life, one of the primary marks of Jesus' life was that he was complete in complete unity and obedience to God. He did what God asked him to do. He said what God told him to say. He was all about fulfilling God's purpose for his life. And Moses' life was marked with obedience, not only in the Garden of Gethsemane, but throughout his life. His, the prayer that he taught his disciples, right, was, uh, not my will, but your will be done. So he invites us to do the same. And then the second essential to cultivating meekness is to put Jesus and others before yourself. Kind of like Forrest was just talking about, let others go first. Uh, the meek recognize their need for a savior. It kind of goes back to the same thing as poor in spirit. Recognizing that we are saved by grace to do faith. This is not of ourselves. This is a gift of God that we have nothing to boast about before God. We can't save ourselves. And without Jesus Christ, we can't do of any, anything of eternal significance. Meek people recognize this, and they point others to Christ, not themselves. Uh, gentleness or meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness or self-interest. And, you know, our tendency is to try to win people's approval or project an image that will get us where we want to be in life. And there's this temptation to be self-promoting and make ourselves known instead of making Jesus known. And Paul urges us to remember how Jesus lived and the outcome of meekness in Jesus' life. These are Paul's words from Philippians 2. He says, Do nothing from selfishness or conceit, but in humility count others better than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, therefore, God has highly exalted him 
bestowed on him the name which is above every name. And at that name, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus uh, came not to be served, but to serve. And he humbly put himself in, um, before us, and he calls us to do the same, to walk in his footsteps. And what this looks like in real life, then, is, to, is learning to put others before ourselves, but not only to do that, but to put Jesus and his kingdom first in everything. And then the third way to cultivate meekness is to allow the Holy Spirit to mold, shape, and transform your life. Um, biblical meekness is something that God's Holy Spirit does in us. Galatians 5 22 and 23 says, but what? That doesn't look right. <laughs> I'll read it off of here. Um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, which is uh, the same word that's used in Matthew 11 uh, for meekness and self-control. Meekness is a, a fruit of the Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit to form us in the image of Jesus Christ, who is meek and lowly. And he does that as we allow him to transform our hearts. Well, this last Friday was Billy Graham's funeral. And Billy Graham was, without a doubt, um, a modern-day Moses, a model of meekness in our time. He was fully God's and used mightily by God. And he described the secret of his ministry in this way. He said, the secret of my work is God. I would be nothing without him. Uh, he, he was a humble man who lived to make the cross of Jesus Christ and eternal life in Jesus Christ known all over the world. He preached to over 215 million people in 185 countries touched countless other lives through television and books and video teaching and radio broadcast. Uh, his children spoke at his funeral on Friday, and after his older siblings had uh, spoken, Billy's youngest son stood, and he said that he was going to speak very briefly and sum up his father's life. He said, my father was fat. <laughs> and then he said he was faithful, available, and teachable. And if you forget my outline, remember that one. It's a great description of a humble and a meek person. Faithful, available, and teachable. And you know, when I heard that Billy Graham had passed away, I was imagining what it was like in heaven when he walked through the door and these thousands of people were there because of him. There to greet him. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And I think about some of the titles that Billy Graham has been given and that we've seen in the news over the past week. He's the uh, pastor to the presidents, America's pastor, pastor to the world. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What a great example of what Jesus was talking about. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to mold and shape our lives. He'll make us like Billy Graham, like Moses, like Jesus, meek and lowly of heart. People are truly useful to him. And people who are quick to forgive and ask forgiveness. That's the fourth way that we cultivate meekness in our life.
you know, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. And we need space and forgiveness at times in our lives. And we need to offer that to others and the meek know that. And it says in Ephesians 4.32, be gentle. And this is another synonym for meek. Be meek with one another, sensitive. Forgiving, forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God forgave you in Jesus Christ. And this table is our reminder that how costly our sin was. When we come for the table and with a meek and lowly heart, uh, with gratitude, knowing that God has forgiven us through Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I, I thank you. I thank you for loving us just as we are, accepting us and receiving us. Oh God, we ask you don't leave us the way we are, that you would shape and mold us and make us more like your son Jesus, who was truly meek, truly humble, and uh, gave himself for us. Help us to be the kind of people that give ourselves for others, that others might know you and love you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.